Well, hello there, and welcome back to Car Chum. I'm Tony. Another busy week is behind us. Well, busy-ish, anyway, online. Car Chum on Instagram and Facebook, and Car Chum Podcast on Twitter. Join me, please. Thank you. Now, I realised last week that we hadn't actually talked driving for some time. So that's what me and my car chum Mike did. Well, I did. Great driving machines. Ordinary ones, though, not exotica. Mike, I think, believes his drive is great if, if it drives at all. That's probably unfair. Right, here we go. Hey, Mike, welcome back. Hey, Tony, thank you. Before we get started, can I uh, can I add something to last week's show? When I was stumbling around in the dark looking for the phrase for widening wheels, the word I was looking for was banded. There were banded steels on the Austin, which you split the wheel in half and you put a band or a ring of steel in between it and it widens the wheels. Now, if I could have remembered that, we'd have probably saved about 20 minutes. <laughs> So you feel much better for getting the uh, the banded word out, do you? Well, yeah. Annoyingly, it took me about four days <laughs> to actually remember it. I was, I, and I was looking at a photo of a car with wide wheels. I thought, oh, they're banded. That's ah! the word. <laughs> I must ring Tony. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, now we can begin. I thought today we should talk about um, driving and and best driving good. cars yeah good, good idea good. yeah <laughs> central to the whole thing but no we haven't talked for a while actually about not the art of driving but best driving cars that maybe, maybe mm. we've owned or maybe that that we've just driven or come into contact with in day-to-day life because uh, i thought actually we haven't really done that no okay um i've not really owned any great driving cars <laughs> i want to the, the, the theory was there i i sort of buy one and think Oh, that's going to be great. And, did you, and then... <laughs> did, did you just celebrate, that, that not great driving cars, but it was just great that it was driving? Uh, yeah, that was uh, that that was part of the thing as well. Hooray! I mean, I've, so, I've certainly learned in my life that I will never ever buy another car that doesn't have an MOT. Um, <laughs> it's a sort of the, the fun of, oh, this will be brilliant. And four years later, I really hope this is brilliant. <laughs> But anyway, getting off the point already. Um, why don't you start it off, and I'll join in when I recognise the tune. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got, yeah, tap your foot. I've got two or three, and I've done, you know, there you go. There's my research. I've actually done a little bit of uh, notes as well, so I'm, 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 I'm all ready for this. You do research; it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I thought rather than do predictable stuff, I kind of try and stick a bit, little bit newer, but they're a bit odd couple of these well maybe well yeah the first yeah. one isn't the first shout, one shout them out and yeah, we'll, right. we'll make up our own minds um one of my all-time favorite cars without a shadow of a doubt i'm, I'm not going to say my favorite car because that changes day to day and week to week doesn't it but mm. you know mm. right right up there i think with one of the best cars ever made a golden period the bmw e39 5 series okay 1995 to 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you familiar? I have not driven one. I'm probably been in one, but I okay. do know the car you mean. It's um, too removed from my E28. Correct. Because they went E34, replaced the E28, and then E39 came That's after right. that, didn't yep. it? So is this the one with... It's got quite a wide front, but it's got the dips... 
below the headlights. No, you're like thinking sort of three series. Dips. No, you're thinking three series. Oh, the the three, three. Did they yeah, not do that yeah, on the yeah. five as well? No, no. no, no anyway, no. I know the car you mean yeah. anyway. It was the fourth generation five series, and I think it was probably, to my mind, the best the best of breed the best five series Ooh. i don't think there's i don't think there's been one since and i don't think there was one before bearing in mind i like the earlier ones as well i've had a 34 i've had a 28 you know etc um Ooh. i think i think this was terrific i have a, I had a couple of them one when it was newish and one when it was oldish um one petrol one diesel <laughs> one saloon okay. one estate so i've i've kind of toured the range um, almost if as you if like. you were preparing for this show oh yeah yeah, yeah like... years in the preparation <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm going to talk about this on a podcast. I'd better buy that diesel. So here's an interesting fact about it. It's one of the few cars that I can think of that has not only got a four-cylinder, but a six-cylinder and an eight-cylinder option. Four, six, and eight. Okay. Now, I think we've touched on this before, but name... I can I can only name one other car that's got four, six, and eight cylinders um, from the factory. There four, will be more than eight. one. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine there was a Mercedes. There must have been something in America when they started putting V8s in compacts and things. So there's probably something okay. like a Pontiac, like a Pontiac Tempest that you could get a, a tiny four pot <laughs> and a, and a slant six and a V8 option. Okay. Um, so off, off the top of my head, I can't, if you gave me sort of 10 okay. minutes to think about it, I'm, I probably you're still to, couldn't. You're, <laughs> you're going to feel ashamed when I tell you. I'm ashamed now. <laughs> I live my life ashamed. Um, Rover SD1. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Two liter O series, uh, and indeed the um, uh, the VM turbo diesel in it. That was a four cylinder, uh, mm. the six cylinder Triumph engines, and of course the Rover V eight. Yeah, anyway, V eight. Yeah, yeah. So that so it's quite unusual, I think, to have. Oh no, I've just thought of another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've got an obsession with it, actually. Rover the seventy five. Oh, okay. Four cylinder. Yeah. Four cylinder. Um, whatever whatever series that's called the K series K, uh, K um, series engine is it yeah 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 the uh, V six they did a two liter and two point five V six engine and then very latterly the Rover V eight or MG yeah the Mustang engine yeah anyway yeah t- okay so yeah. there are there this are is, lots yes yeah. well, you, you led us you, you've led us down this path um, <laughs> now find your way back out now, yeah what's what's at the end of it I hope it's a candy house. <laughs> It's just a big, wide expanse of nothing. <laughs> At least a parking space. <laughs> um, okay, so dragging it back to the E39. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's both six-cylinder ones. I had a 525D, which was the second generation of the, the, the diesel engines. The first ones were the ones directly taken from the previous model, the E34. These newer ones were a lot more powerful. And, I, you know, the expression pulls like a train. Mm-hmm. It really did, but it not only did it pull like it. Not, not a wheel slip. <laughs> well, no, it couldn't, it couldn't go out when there were leaves on the ground. Yeah, wrong type of leaves on the road. Yeah, it sounded to me always in my head. This sounds like a kind of a TGV train, <laughs> right? I don't right. know what a TGV train sounds like, but it had that kind of, kind of endless talk and uh you know okay. pull you towards the end of the horizon and kind of linear linear that's the word i'm looking for just linear power delivery constantly mm. um 
so that was that, that was a, a nice diesel engine actually um and i know there was the bigger 530d but it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of difference in power and mine was um mine was the manual um okay. which was really nice uh, whereas most of the 530ds were were autos um so i presume then handling was a wonderful aspect of this car was it or? yeah the ride and handling uh just just really 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 good but it didn't beat the other one which i had which was a, a absolute bottom of the range just a straight 520i so the Ooh, the, okay. the most basic the most basic engine all, all 150 horsepower of it and i mean it wasn't fast because that was a heavy car mm. but but that engine Ah, it doesn't need to be fast. When when the engine is so sweet, again, manual gearbox, this one was an old one, and even when I got it, and boy did I use it. Um, oh. you, know, <laughs> you know, every single opportunity up to the red line. Um, and Good God, just, really? Oh, every single time, every single gear, because it, it was just such joy. But you weren't doing outrageous speeds doing that because it wasn't very fast just an absolute delight that the clutch perfect weight you could heel and toe in it very nicely i like a um um floor mounted uh accelerator yeah yeah do you they're they're the best ones why um why to you (sighs) I, I assume like when you mean when you mean floor mounted, floor hinged, um, you know, like hinged from the floor mm. as opposed to mm. attached to the dashboard, um, the bottom side of the dashboard. I'll be honest, I don't. Um, Any time I've driven floor mounted, or no, am I am I right here? When I, when you say floor mounted, I immediately tend to remember early nine elevens and think, ah. oh, they really they really hurt my ankles or beetles. Where you've got to basically dislocate the ball in your foot, so you can <laughs> you can sort of use them um, um, properly. So I'm trying to think of another instance of floor-mounted accelerator or. Um, well, it's a very Mercedes, very German I'm thing. I'm sure. I'm sure my BMW's got a floor-mounted accelerator, yes. but swinging correct pedals. It has. So yeah, I I can get along with it, but I'll be honest, there's not really been a car that I can think. Oh, the pedals are so much better on that because they're A or B, to be honest. But then I don't do all this heel and toe, go for the apex of the bend. <laughs> Marvellous, two two <laughs> seconds ahead, timing myself. Um, and no doubt you're wearing your race suit and your gloves and everything as well. And, and the booties. Twe- tweaking your moustache and... Um, checking your tyre pressures on a weekly basis and all those other crazy things that car enthusiasts do. Before, before so, every long um, journey. <laughs> yes, yes. Make sure your wipers are still in decent... <laughs> check your headlights. It's it's sensible. It's what you should do. But no, getting back to your point, um, no, I've, I can't honestly say there's ever been a car where I thought the pedals were great. Okay. Um, but I do tend to notice the ones that I don't like. Okay, that's right. Which yeah, has yeah, been yeah. like early 911s where yeah, I've yeah. driven them and thought I could get used to this but it would take me a while yeah yeah um vans particularly as well hired a I think it was an LDV van once and that had the worst pedals I'd ever ever driven and anything this side of an early Vauxhall Nova <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm, I'm talking very specifically about the, the accelerator being floor hinged, not not the mm. clutch and brake. Yeah. And on okay. Mercs and BMWs, certainly of that vintage, I thought it worked very nicely. They also managed to get in into this 39, just, just really nice control weight as well these are things that you don't actually notice until you think Mm. about it so the uh, yeah accelerator very very linear operation to it not only in weight but also in terms of what it actually requested the engine to do so um the reverse of that out first generation audi a8 absolutely terrible it's a vw thing terrible terrible throttle response because the first half inch or first inch couple of centimeters everything happens and then the last two inches of travel nothing happens so you end up with this sort of hair trigger really uh, you know kind of overly sensitive top end and then you you think god this thing's going to be fast and you push it some more and it's got no more power because everything's happened in the (laughs) in the first touch of it because i'd always thought the the a8 was was supposed to be a sort of fantastic businessman's express wonderful handling was that not what was in um Ro, um, Ronan, yes, There's not of an correct. A8 in that. Yes, they look lovely with the the wonderful mm-hmm. big power mm-hmm. slide that the guy does when they're escaping. <laughs> I think there's a, some very very underpowered French police cars. Yeah, um, and I I sort of saw that and thought, my God, this could actually revise my theory of not liking any Audi built after about 1986. Right. Um, I'll tell. Let me. We're, we're drifting. I'll tell you about Audi A8 another time. Yeah. Oh, I um, wish we could. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it give you something to look forward to? Um, no, yeah. everything, everything on that five series driving wise, the the the, the uh, power steering, absolute perfect weight again, lovely and precise. Um, lots of feedback. Just, just really. We're talking really good. about the BMW now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The BMW. Um, uh-huh. And 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 bear in mind, it's a conversation we've had before. But it, this thing was balancing on. Um, I want to say they were 15 inch wheels i think they were 15s yes they were 15s mm-hmm. um so the smallest alloy uh they're like 225 tires or something I can't, I can't remember exactly but but that gave it this wonderful cushioned ride as well and still yeah plenty of grip for the kind of car it was so everything kind of worked very nicely together you know, it was it, it 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 wasn't supposed to be a sports car, and it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be a ultra luxury car, and it wasn't. It was a sort of combination of these things, mm. um, and 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 all those things put together made a very nice package. I know you like to take really long journeys in cars and sort of drive across Europe for for, for fun for bread and eggs. So did did you ever do any of your wonderful long journeys? Any any of your E thirty nines were they? Yes. Autobahns. Yeah, both of them. Things. Uh, both of them actually. Uh, both both of them have done um, several laps of the Nurburgring. Uh, um, most hilariously i think probably the 520i because uh, (laughs) wife and child strapped in and a boot full absolutely crammed full of uh, luggage it had no self-leveling so so it was nice sort of powerboat position that thing round the nurburgring was so slow we were like a, a a moving chicane (laughs) you know particularly when you you know plowed into a corner and then have an uphill straight afterwards oh come on you you thought i wonder if we should actually get out and run to to try and you know speed the thing up but that i have to say that wasn't probably the finest experience in it because it was (laughs) 
it was drastically underpowered and, and overladen. But yeah, that that, that went mm. round the whole of um, uh, whole of Europe. That did. Did you put the sticker on the back with the Nurburgring track and and you know? Oh look, we've been to we've been to the ring. Might have done. You did, didn't you? Might have done. Might have done. <laughs> but no, I know. But I have a rule on the Nurburgring sticker, and the rule is, you, I, I've got a little stock of them. I only put them on cars that have actually been round the ring. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, no, I mean, I was obviously these is the way you're supposed to do it. Well, um, no, but you could. I could put a, a, a ring sticker on what I've yeah. got at the moment because I've done it. But that doesn't count. It's got to be the. To me, it's got to be the vehicle. Mm. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I do quite like the variation of them that came out about 10 years ago with, with never been yes, underneath it. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Rather like, you'd see that a lot on the M25 when you're driving around the London area, an yep. awful lot of never been with the Nürburgring <laughs> the, um, decal the, on, but no, they're the, good. The 525D... Um, also did some lappage as well. That was a lot better because it had a lot more power and a lot more torque. So you could actually get some decent speed between corners. Um, rather than having to speed up for corners, you, you had to slow down for them. And, and when, when, when we got back to the um, you know, car park afterwards, it, you knew it had done a reasonable job because the brakes were smoking at the front. And then you, 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 know, it's, you, you know you've done all right then, you know. Mine, mine does that, just going to the end of the road. <laughs> so my, something I'm hoping will be fixed at some point. I've I've always been kind of terrified of the Nürburgring. I'm not in any way a performance driver anyway. Um, the nearest I've got to it has been playing it on the Xbox. And I always thought the one time I do a perfect lap on the Xbox, you know, I, I will then sort of consider that maybe one day if I somehow ended up at a Nürburgring. And it's never happened. I've probably been playing on the Xbox for about 15 years. And I've still yet to get a perfect one round. You know, just put in something like a 1200cc Beetle and think, right, I go at 40 miles an hour. I will learn the corners, and they're mm. still like, whoa, smack. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be, yeah. you know, I'd be dead. <laughs> so it's it's never, I totally understand the appeal, and I've got friends who, who have racing licenses, and I've been round tracks with people who know what they're doing, and I kind of, yeah, I, you know, I get the appeal, but just not for me. I don't think I've got the concentration for a start. It's the reason I never get a motorbike, because I don't think I've got the concentration to uh, my mind would start wandering and uh, and then it'd be oh bang and that's it you know it's all over it's all right well (laughs) on that i i used to know a pilot and he actually ended up being a concord pilot because he said he couldn't stay awake (laughs) on the 747s the author neville shoot who uh, who who wrote sort of town like alice and no highway and things like that he he had a pilot's license he used to write quite a lot of books about aircraft and that was always his dream that he would die while flying and he dryly observed it would be somewhat harsh on my passengers there. <laughs> go with go, go with a car that i think is um probably fits our, our theme of all out racing i didn't get to drive it but I saw it and I thought, I want to go in this. I was at uh, Castle Coombe for one of their rally days. And their various stuff turned up, you know, nice these sort of Mark II Escort Mexicos that were all rally prepped and things. And there was a guy there with a Ford RS200. Now, this is the Group B car. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the, so don't. This is not an Escort 2000. This is the RS 200 four-wheel drive, little kind of bug-eyed circular circular headlights, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I know the one. Very short wheelbase, yeah. engine in the back, and from the Group B rally days. And if Group B means nothing to you, it's certainly worth a look. And you know, look up some Group B rally videos because it was a mad time in rallying where anything goes. It was literally this is what gave birth to things like the Audi Quattro, um, the, the short wheelbase cars. They, you know, they, the the Metro six R six R four, yeah, six R four, yeah, um, yeah, crazy stuff. But this guy had an RS two hundred, uh, and he turned up from from Wales. And I said, "Oh, any chance of a little?" Because they'd set up a circuit where we were. There was a long street, and then there was sort of a field with a circuit, and they put in barrels and cones and things. Um, so he said, yeah, okay, you know, it, it needs a little run. So I got in, strapped myself in, five-point cage, helmet and everything. And a, a guy, the marshal, leaned in, because we were the first ones to go. The marshal leaned in and sort of said, right, yeah, you go up there, up to the straight, uh, it's a right turn, it's followed by a hard left, you've got a 180, then you go around. And it, this explanation went on for about five minutes, mm-hmm. ending with, you know, and then you go twice around there, and then you come back. And I'd I'd got a lot. It's typical directions when you're given anyway. I mean, I remembered go up there and turn left, and that was it. And the guy looked at me and said, "Do you do you get any of that?" And I went, "Go up there." He went, "Yeah, oh, we'll wing it," <laughs> and just launched this thing. I've never been in anything so fast. I mean, we are saying naught to sixty, certainly in under three. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it was probably mid twos because this thing just launched. Um. And all I could do was try to hold my hands on my lap because my instinct was to grab at the dashboard. And I was, all I could see in front of me was switches. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this could be, you know, if one of those is the in-car fire extinguisher, this guy's not going <laughs> to like me. Uh, and we just rocketed round this 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 thing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's thrown from left to right like it was in a washing machine. It was fabulous. Um, I almost blacked out just from the initial launch. Uh, I could feel my <laughs> the blood being drained out of my head. And and we sort of rocketed round this thing and and went and got back and he went. What do you think? I went, oh, that's amazing. Thanks. He went. Yeah, great. Okay, let's go for a proper one now. I know the course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there was all there was all sorts of stuff there. There was th- you know Lancia Deltas and there were some modern Mitsubishi rally cars and a, a friend of mine who was there as well had just got out of a new rally car. The new Mitsubishi, which is obviously a, not a shy piece of kit. Mm. And he said, you've got to have a go in the Mitsubishi. I said, you've got to have a go in this <laughs> RS200. And he had a go. He got out of the RS200. He went, wow, that expletive deleted <laughs> over every other car here. That yeah. thing is insane. And the amazing thing about the RS200 was it was a road car as well. The guy had driven it down from Wales. Wow. So... I didn't get to drive it. I don't think I would have liked to have driven it because I couldn't have got anywhere near approaching what this thing could do. But in terms of acceleration and just thrill factor, it's very, very high up there on the list of cars that I've ever been in. If you ever get the opportunity to do anything regarding Group B rally cars, take it. Right. Uh, it will scare you, I think, really. It's not something I know anything about uh, rallying really at all. I mean, I remember, I remember you know, well, I've, I've watched it on TV and I remember I remember yeah. Tony Pond. Well, I don't, I don't yes. know that I did, but I know of Tony Pond and the TR7s and, and whatnot. Yes. Uh, you know, actually, it, uh, it, it's more engaging in some ways to watch than than F1. and, uh, hmm. and uh, F1 now, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's something... I mean, I always used to think... 
I kind of see the appeal if you're doing it, but as a spectator, mm. standing in a soaking wet cold forest in the dark, just go like, yeah. oh, there's one. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. All I saw was headlines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, are there any sandwiches left while we wait for the next car to come? Um, it, it is, I totally get rallying, I understand it, but it's not something I'd necessarily participate in. There's a huge amount of skill, obviously, in making a car dance mm-hmm. around corners. You know, to get the back end out and throwing them out. I mean, these guys are amazing. Yeah. And even at the amateur levels, the guys are amazing yes. with what they can do with a car. Totally. But it's certainly, it's it's rather like watching a track day from the stands mm-hmm. and you sort of think oh you know yeah this is okay but once you actually get your car out on the track yeah it's a completely different thing and you are out you're loving every second of it and yeah. i think that's well, going to be much the same with rally or well, track days as you say when you watch from the stands <laughs> watching ordinary road cars on, on, mm. on a circuit it's like get on with it it looks so slow doesn't it you know it, it looks as if people are just pottering around there's a guy i i i knew um briefly and he's not dead now or anything <laughs> but i just haven't, haven't we just sort of spoken to him we don't him talk anymore um, <laughs> yeah, he had a rover 100 mm-hmm yeah, it's a metro. metro. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a metro. They changed the badge. Uh, it's a Rover Hundred. Um, in a very sort of basic spec, it even had the sort of little um, wheel covers. Mm-hmm. You know, not even hubcaps rather than proper full size yeah. wheel covers. But he put in a one point eight engine with a turbo. Mm-hmm. I think he got out of an MGF something like that. Yeah. He put it in this car with a big ass turbo, and it had about two hundred and thirty brake. Mm-hmm. But the clever thing he'd done. He put a big three-inch exhaust on it with proper silencers, but he left the last 12 inches or so of the original exhaust. <laughs> so when you looked at the car, it had just little pea shooter exhaust coming out the back, but the three-inch pipe, he drilled through the silencer at the back, and it actually exited through the original silencer. Nice. Yep. And it was at standard height. Um, it had a cage, but it was very, very well hidden. And he took this thing out on a track day, and it was chasing down sort of Porsches and things. Because he was very handy behind the wheel, he virtually mm. lapped the field, and there were sort of Evos and Impressas and things that he was coming up behind him on the straights and flashing his lights. Uh, I mean, this thing didn't really hand, out handle the other cars, but it's had the had the power. And he came back into the pit, and they were like, what is in there? <laughs> <laughs> Just like a one-litre Rover 100. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of it is down to skill, though, as well. Um, you t- oh, you absolutely, touched on that. Yeah. You know, you, 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 if you watch someone properly talented you know yes. will beat someone in in you know, in in something very talented vehicle wise hands down easily actually somebody else was saying to me they turned up to a track day a friend of theirs was a very very talented driver and he'd forgotten his racing license and the guy, the track marshal, was berating him. And all the time, the guy's standing there looking at him because behind the marshal on the wall was a photo of him beating the lap record. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that's, that's, that's me. <laughs> you just look behind you. Uh, so um, I'm trying to decide which one, to, which one to do. I know, let's do this one. It's a little bit older, but middle-aged. Yay! Yay! Um, uh, again, had a couple of these across the years. Peugeot four hundred five. Ah, okay. Now this is. I remind you again. This is like your ultimate driving cars and 
things. So yeah, I don't know about yeah, four or five. Yeah, I don't know about ultimate driving cars. I think I may be overselling it, but but cars that <laughs> cars that I you know think really drove very well for look part of the thing that I find very satisfying about a car is when it does what it's supposed to do very well, and maybe even a little bit more. It's it it's when they overpromise on some things and underdeliver that that I can really live without them. And so I think the 405 again overdelivered and therefore becomes a sort of a tick 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 for me because it was a decent okay. decent family car, it was decent looking. It was uh long lived. In fact, you know what? I think they're still making them in Iran. Are they? <laughs> I think so. It's either it's either they st- still are or have just finished. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, they have a history of that. They made the Hillman Hunter there correct. for yep. about fifteen years after we got rid of it. It was called yep. the the Paycan, I believe. That's it, Paycan. And they, they, then there was some weird addition where they used um, the four o four o five body and the Hillman Hunter slash. Um, Paycan mechanicals in the 405 body or so it's 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 weird they've done some very strange mashups but what were they smoking that day <laughs> that's right take take a really nice handling front wheel drive car and then strangely convert it back to the 60s and <laughs> rear wheel drive i don't know i don't know how random maybe that's wrong i don't know but so anyway which 405 which 405s are as I imagine you've had several, uh, did you have? Yeah, or had, or uh, again, so own or? selection of petrols and diesels. The first one was a petrol, was an SRI. Um, so the sporty, Ooh. but, you know, hint of sport. Um, in fact, you know, back then, the hint of sport consisted of a spoiler, really, because mm. uh, you didn't even get alloy wheels. <laughs> really? You just got, like, plastic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wheel covers, yeah, yeah, did you? Yeah. Um, a standard, anyway. Um, you got inside. You got the um, GTI steering wheel, two hundred five GTI steering wheel, though, which was nice. Mm-hmm. That, that was a you know mm-hmm. you know the three spoker. Yes. Yeah. That that's a that's a very nice steering wheel. You got that, um, and you got slightly huggy seats as well, um, uh-huh. which were good. The only thing about four hundred five seats, they did that classic marketing 80s thing where you make an interior look big by ma- by making the furniture small okay. <laughs> do you know what i mean if you make the yeah. if you make the seat squabs short it makes yeah. makes the interior look large but of course if you're fairly long-legged it means you it's like you're, you're balancing on a mushroom you know <laughs> you're on you're on one cheek yes exactly um but it was yeah it was, it was comfortable enough but decent gearbox uh, 1.9 injected engine, 100 120 something horsepower. Um, mm. enough, not stellar, but enough. Um, but it was th- that car was all about the uh, the ride handling and steering. You know, it was just terrific. I'm assuming typical French car with fairly thin steel, so it didn't weigh much. No, quite exactly. So you close the door and it sort of clang. <laughs> they never rusted though. Have, oh, were they plastic? No, no, they were steel. Oh. I mean, have you? Well, I'll, I'll answer this. I mean, you don't see many four hundred fives now. Full stop. But have you ever seen a rusty Peugeot four hundred five? Um, I suppose it depends how how well you define rust. A friend had a four hundred five that was a bit down at heel, and we were constantly 
joke. He turned up in this thing, and it was white, and it had obviously had a hard life. Mm-hmm. And we kept joking it was a minicab. You know, just, mm-hmm. just really to annoy him, we kept joking it was a minicab. And he said, no, no, it's not. It's all right. You know, it's just done a bit of mileage. And we went to the pub in it. He was quite proud of it. He said, well, let's go down the pub. We'll have a drive in it. And he turned up outside the pub. And the guy opened the back door and literally had said, can you take me to the station? <laughs> <laughs> and we fell about laughing. Uh, it was just, he never, ever lived this down. Because you couldn't have timed it better if you if you tried. <laughs> he said, oh, sorry, mate. I thought... It... <laughs> Um, but no, 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 probably I haven't. No. But then I'll be honest; I'm not sure I would have noticed one. Uh, no problem against the 405. Uh, I was said uh, a few shows back, a friend, another friend had one that was the uh, the STD mm-hmm. 405, mm-hmm. Um, which led to much mirth in the office. Of course, but I've never particularly. It's not been one of those cars that's ever particularly been on my radar. I don't love them. I don't hate them. Oh no, no, pin, nice Pininfarina design, nice and sharp, simple. Good looking, mm. um, no, really good car. They, they were two. I think they call them phases: phase one and phase two. I've had both. The um, the phase Naturally. one uh, had the sort of multi collect them all, <laughs> um, multi piece dashboard, which, which uh, you know we're talking about late eighties here, creaky to say the least. Um, but they right. they cracked that in the Series 2 with a um, much more modern sort of one-piece affair, and that, that was much better. Engines were broadly the same right the way across, though, um, shared with the 205, 309, and all the rest of it. Mm. Not a bad legacy, the 205, the 309, all decent cars. Exactly, and similar suspension layouts. Um, you, you know, they, they, they were just they were, that was a golden period for Peugeot, really. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't really a duffer in the range, to be honest. But I suspect the 405 now, if if you saw a mint condition one, you would think, wow, mm. look at that. There's a great piece of design that's perhaps not appreciated quite so much in its own time. No, in fact, it's so underappreciated. The 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 the, the stellar one, the interesting one, really, is the MI16, the 16 valve one. Mm. Um, and they did a four before of that as well, actually. But one went through the auctions a week or two ago, fairly recently, anyway. Looked quite decent. Eighteen hundred quid. I mean, you know, okay. and that's that's a, that's a rare survivor. But no, the diesels were, um, I think, probably actually better. Actually, particularly the turbo diesel, the XUD engine was terrific. That was a really nice uh, engine. Um, and did they? I was going to say, did they ever do a touring car four hundred five? Yes, I know they did the four hundred six. No, they did a four hundred five as well. Because um, a, a, a racing driver friend of mine <laughs> um, has got a couple of of the four hundred sixes that he actually campaigned in in period. Okay, but I I couldn't recall ever seeing a four hundred five. Yeah, I think so. They, I guess they must have. I remember there was a Pikes Peak four hundred five that they, ah. they 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 you know massive spoilers yeah. and things on and. And that was a crazy piece of kit that they built to obviously do the time attack at uh, at Pikes Peak, and I certainly remember those. Maybe that maybe that's what I'm confusing. But I would have thought the MI16 was probably used to be homologated for something. Yeah, it had that kind of feel yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't recall them in rallying or anything. Obviously, 205s, mm. you know, were raced and rallied left and right. Mm. Uh, there was probably a 309 series somewhere. Yeah. That um, was was never televised outside of France, um, but I don't remember much sporting history with the four hundred five. Now, possibly I'm being incredibly dense, and there was, but uh, it just struck me 
four, the, you know, because I remember in the 406, which were the green and gold livery touring cars um, that were raced sort of pretty much around the world, had a lot of success out in Australia as well mm. uh, when they moved the series out there. But I don't remember a 405 equivalent. I will do research mm. and probably apologise at the beginning of next week's show. <laughs> I would elect the 405 to the Hall of Fame there as well. As I say, based on those criteria of, you know, it does what it should do very well and and a bit more. And I think mm. I think that's what makes it a, a great car. Fair enough. Uh, just a quick one. It was a great occasion. I turned up to drive a guy's Jensen Interceptor for a magazine feature. And he said, oh, it's going to need a bit of fuel. So we went in and he filled the thing full of fuel and then got a phone call. and said, oh, I'm going to have to go off. Here's the keys. Mm. And so I had this 440 cubic inch interceptor in mint condition for just like, you know, do what you want, bring it back when it's, you know, when it's done. So, of course, I went draft driving in this thing, started to explore the limits and then thought this could end very, very badly. This is an incredibly heavy car mm. that, that, you know, makes a wonderful noise. So I basically just took it out and used up the fuel and you know, got back in about 25 <laughs> right, minutes. Yeah. I was waiting for that punchline, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was a, a, a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, that, that was a lovely drive because we were out. So it was somewhere where there were really nice roads. I'm trying to think where it was. Sort of somewhere down the, the sort of southern end of the country, mm-hmm. but just found all these lovely little country roads. And, ooh, I like this. I want this. The 440. Glorious car. Was the 440, does that make it? Because there were three series of them. Was that the the last? Was that the Mark Three? That was the the last mm. of them. This was the seven point two liter Chrysler engine. The big, mm. you know, big. Um, they did a three eighty three that was six point seven or nine. Um, but yeah, this was the massive engine yeah. one, the really big one. Wonderful. But car. yeah, just yeah, fabulous, fabulous car. Um, and values finally are arising. They're suddenly worth restoring now, which is which is great. Except for you now can't you can now can't get one for you know what are they about sixty yeah. seventy? I don't think they're quite that much. I think you probably halved that, but for okay. a long time they were your sort of five thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah. And I think now you're looking probably thirty five forty for something decent, and then and then obviously it goes higher the nicer the car is. Hmm. Um, you know, if you've got absolute minters with with uh, provenance, yeah, so, yeah. then yes, you could probably write your own your own price for it. That was a wonderful thing. Um, Jaguar XK8. Mm-hmm. Ever had an experience? Uh, yes, yes. Um, what the straight XK8, not the XKR. So so just the straight V8. Uh, yeah, 4.2. the non the yeah. non supercharged. Yeah, which is which is which is more than adequate. Yeah, um, I did drive one that uh, some someone had removed the um, the back boxes and and straight throughed it um, mm. just at the back. So it, it it actually wasn't too noisy inside, but it didn't make a great sound outside. Fabulous car. Mm. Um, the one I drove, I, I remember for reasons that will become very significant in a moment, but it was at the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust, mm-hmm. who are up in Coventry yep. and basically save all the nice Jags and Daimlers. We had taken, again, I worked for a car magazine, and we'd taken some readers up there because they'd, we'd have people write in and say, oh, I'd love to drive an E-Type, I'd love to drive a, you know, this and that, and I'd love to drive an XJS. We thought we might as well take them all up to <laughs> where all these cars are. Um, and we needed to, they, they gave us a factory tour, mm-hmm. which was lovely, of the production lines. Nice. 
where they were building whatever they'd have been building in the mid 2000s um jag saloons but we had a and they said oh you know we we need to get everybody up there um we'll find a car and they turn up with this daimler ds420 mm-hmm. which was the queen mother's limousine mm-hmm. she got a new limo every year <laughs> and they had this this ds420 daimler which everybody piled into and i said well it would be nice i said is there any chance we could have another car that we can use to take some photos of the Daimler as we're driving there. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm sure we've got something lying around. And the photographer said, could it be a convertible? Because that's a lot easier. Mm. If it hasn't got a roof yeah, on it, yeah, then yeah, I can yeah. take the photos and there's no, you know, roof pillars and things in the way. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, give us give us five minutes. And they turn up with, do you remember Austin Powers? Mm-hmm. Shagua. Mm-hmm. They did an XK8. Shagua. <laughs> for i think it was gold member so this is an xk8 that's got the union flag yeah. <laughs> all across the middle and down the sides of the car they gave us that there's the keys <laughs> so we're driving through the center of coventry in an xk8 with a union flag on it and this was probably three or four years after the film had been out so you know it drew some attention groovy baby we re- yeah well we realized it was lunchtime so we ended up piling into um a, a little petrol station <laughs> These guys dived out, and I said, basically, like, have whatever you want, because I thought, can't be that expensive at a petrol station. So they've ended up just buying armfuls of crisps, Coca-Cola and Pepsi, Fanta cans and and, and sausage rolls, and then they all took them back in and into the Queen Mother's Daimler (laughs) and ate them in the back of the Queen Mother's Daimler while we're driving along the Shagula. So, yeah, certainly remember that. That was a fun... That was a fun day. Yeah, no, that's um, that that XK8 lovely car. That's beginning to uh, beginning to be recognised now as well, because as the as the as the XJS is 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 yeah. gaining popularity behind the E-Type. It's a sort of chain reaction, isn't it? The the yeah. the, the the XK8, particularly the XKR, obviously is, is a, yeah. a rising tide yeah. moves up all ships. Yeah. Whatever that, that mangled that phrase is. Um, XK8 Coupe is a glorious thing, isn't it? Very it's a nice beautiful car. looking car. The only thing I, is that one we agree on? Yeah, it is. The only thing I don't... The only thing that sort of slightly switches me off them... Uh, from that point onwards, I kind of went off the interior design a bit. Um, I didn't like the, the, the dash where they buried the instruments, you know, down down tunnels you know i know it looks sporty but i don't know i just didn't i, okay. just, and, and I just, just didn't think they were particularly attractive is, is that because you can't see from the passenger seat how fast you're going <laughs> do you like to keep an eye on what the driver's doing uh yeah i just i, just, I bet you do don't of course you I, do. I bet you're one of those passengers yeah. you sit there go oh, i wouldn't have changed gear then <laughs> i sit i sit on an airplane with a gps speed app yeah <laughs> It's on a plane. Would you use that alien then? <laughs> oh, oh, we're going a strange way to uh, to Spain this year. Yeah, very well with the pilot. I think you'll find runway two would be better for us. And the other thing I don't like on the XK8, uh, just to be negative, uh, just to carry on being negative unnecessarily. Yeah. I don't. For it, yeah. I don't personally like tombstone seats. But tombstone seats. Yeah. Okay. And the XK8. Has this is with a very high back. Correct. Where the, where the, the seat yeah, and... where the headrest is built into the body of the chair. Ah. Okay. They're called tombstones. I don't. I don't like oh, those. Cool. Um, they they carried on with that in the um, uh, um, oh, slipped my mind. What's the current Jaguar Sports? Mm. Oh, Tony. 
Do you know what? I'll... Listen for the edit, kids. Yeah, it's coming. exactly. Um, hang on. F-type? F-type. <laughs> Thank you. How did I know that? <laughs> oh, now did I not? Where did that come I, from? I'm giving you the tidiest detail that the, that certain <laughs> F-type non-sport models have have have, um, have tombstone seats, but I can't remember that it's an F-type. Yeah, crikey. That's bad, I don't it? even know what year it is. How did I know that? I don't do modern stuff. Um, so some of them have... Oh. <laughs> some of them have... Um, so I don't, I don't like the look of that on the uh, on, on the XK8, uh, that and the dashboard. Okay. Um, and uh, it's very pretty. The only thing I'd say in comparison to the XKR, it's perhaps a little bit effeminate around the rear. It's a little bit gentle. It's a little bit um, la- okay. lacks a bit of just lacks a bit so, of aggression. I think at the back. But. So all all that you dislike about the car is the way it looks and every part you interact <laughs> with. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> End on a bang rather than a whimper there. Uh, well, I love them. If someone wants to send me one, go for it. And the address for sending XK8s is virtual only. Uh, just search Car Chum and you'll find us. And thanks for the free cars as ever. And thanks for listening. Until next time, pip pip. <laughs>